Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In this multidimensional world, much of which is invisible to the eye, a group of non-physical entities have come here to expand our knowledge of how the universe works. These non-physical teachers are called Joshua, and they convey their teachings through Gary Temple Bodley. Each week, Gary, with a selection of Law of Attraction experts, open up a roundtable of thought-provoking discussions surrounding the teachings of Joshua. Joshua's intention is to bring clarity to the listeners through the ever-expanding Law of Attraction by looking at reality from a new perspective. Welcome to the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Hello everyone, this is episode 29 of the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today it's April 30th, 2016. Today we're going to talk about people who annoy us. We all have those people in our lives who get under our skin. How are we supposed to handle these people and be conscious creators all at the same time? Sometimes it feels like it would be easier if we just could get those people out of our lives. But honestly, there has to be a better way to deal with them. Let's see what Joshua has to say about it. Our question this week comes from Kate. She has a colleague at work who's driving her crazy. On the round table today, we have Michael Kutzen. Hi, Michael. Hey, Gary. And Deborah Joe Bright. Hi, Deborah Joe. Hello, Gary. And Kimberly Summit. Hi, Kimmy. Hi, Gary. How are you guys? Fabulous. Great. Cool. Well, Janine is in South Africa having a great time on safari with her husband, and Steve is still exploring Italy uh, with his daughter, Sienna. So Steve should be back next week, and uh, Janine will be back probably in a couple weeks, but they're both having a great time, aren't they? I envy them. Have you guys seen Steve's uh, Facebook post from Italy? Yes. Yeah. It looks like he's having a great time, and I especially love the Vespa pictures. Yes. Did you see the Vespa videos? Yes. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I've heard pretty yes, much. it looks like so much fun. <laughs> so Deborah Joe has been a friend of mine since I was in college. And how we met was uh, I was living with my roommate Bruce at the time. And Bruce and I had always been in business together, even when we were in high school. And Deborah Joe comes to town, and she made these things called panty, panty roses. So a panty rose is a long-stemmed artificial rose where the bud of the rose is made out of a pair of women's panties. And uh, so immediately Bruce and I were like, we got to get into this business. And so we built this little business and we um, got into Playboy uh, on the free potpourri section. And we had, you know, it was like right before Valentine's Day and we sold a whole bunch of them. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of upset, a lot of heartbreak, a trying time, but, but that's how we met. And so since then, Deborah Joe's been in my life. And when Joshua started uh, about two and a half years ago, just so happened that De- Deborah Joe and Frank came over for dinner that night. And after dinner, we sat them down and explained what was happening as far as Joshua goes and gave them, or I read them, the first three pages of I read Reception. It. You read it. I oh, read it right. out loud. <laughs> yeah. I read and, it out loud, and after every sentence, I would stop and say, I have to read this again. Let us let me just read it one more time. Do you hear what he's saying? I was so, it just felt so innately, cellularly level right to me. And it really um, is interesting because you're the one who gave us the secret. Yes. And... So from the secret came uh, us, you know, driving around and listening to the secret, and then we had to find something else. So that we found asking is given, and we drove around listening to that for a while, and then we booked our first seminar in Asheville for Josh, uh, for Abraham, and from there everything snowballed. So if it wasn't for you, so so Deborah, no Joshua, Deborah Joe is Joshua's fairy godmother. Oh, if I it love wasn't for that Deborah Joe, none of us would be here. 
I love that fairy godmother of Joshua title. I'm taking that. I'm taking it and getting a t-shirt made. All right, go. And, and she's going to trademark it, so be careful. <laughs> and uh, speaking of creating, Deborah Jo creates all the Joshua art quotes that you see on the website and you get in your newsletters every week. Um, so she'll take whatever quote inspires her and she'll match it up with whatever photography. Uh, what do the people give them to you or how do you find these pictures? Some people give them to me and some people just come along through my daily life. And then I'll call the artist and ask if I can use the photograph. And from that, they, they will say, oh, I think you might like somebody else. And here's his website. And it's just been a fantastic network of people who just want to inspire. Yeah, so they're so cool. I mean, it just takes the quote to a whole other direction when you add the photo with it. And the photos always bring life to them, I think. I, I'm, use, I'm using one of your photos, Deborah Joe, with one of the quotes on my laptop as my, as my background. Which one uh, is it? Hold on. I will go right to it because I'm standing right in front of my, or sitting in front of my laptop. And it's the one with the kaleidoscope with mm. the oh, children. Yes. yes. Oh. And it's just so amazing to look at. <laughs> that is in a kids' museum in Germany. And the art pictures from that uh, reflected 70 different countries that kids came to Germany to see this art exhibition. And uh, it was the whole art exhibition was just amazing with the different faces and the colors. It was just like, and it, in every one of the faces, I just felt like Joshua. You, you can see Joshua in the kids' faces. Yeah, and just so you know, the quote for that one was, and this is from a number of episodes ago, is, can you know, now, can you know that you are older, wiser, stronger, more confident, more loving, more beautiful, more caring, and more courageous than the person you see when you look in the mirror? And, and, and I just, and I, and I just love, and I love the way you combine the quote and that picture. And Thank Gary, you. is it on the, is it on the website for, for people, yes. for listeners? Yeah, to go all see? the quotes are on there. You just got to scroll through them. There's, no, no, you can no, actually add click the on the page. The picture because this picture yeah. is, yeah, this picture is my favorite, but all yeah. of them are so amazing. Thank you very much. I love, love, love doing it. <laughs> and Kimberly, we met her on the Love Attraction cruise in March um, in L.A., and how did you get to go on that cruise, Kimmy? Um, actually, I follow Pam Grout, who's the author of E Squared and E Cubed. And she had put a post on her Facebook page that there was this cruise. And I was like, cool. Like, you know, because I met her already in New York City last year. And um, I think it was like her fifth live talk ever in history. So that was kind of cool to be a part of that. And then um, I went online and I read about it and I was like, hey, that sounds really cool. Um, so then that's how, that's how I found out about the trip. And I, it was just awesome. Who was your favorite speaker? Uh, my favorite speaker was Gary Bodley. Oh, pretty good. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. It's true. It's true. <laughs> the checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> we had such fun together. We we were we were like doing everything together, and uh, it was such a group group of people, and it was so much fun. It was unbelievable. So we're trying to do another one. We're doing yeah. another one, I should say, in February yeah. from in the Caribbean on a much bigger, better, beautiful boat. Which what's the boat, Deborah Jo? Um, Allure of the Seas or, or or Oasis of the Seas. We haven't figured it out yet. Those, it's, if you take a look at those two boats, they're they're the same boat or same design, but they're just incredible. Yeah. Is it a? Is that celebrity? <clears throat> no, it's, it's Norwegian. It's a, no, <laughs> is it um, Royal Caribbean? Royal Caribbean. Yeah. Oh. We haven't gotten it all worked out yet, but it's going to be seven days and. Um, it goes down to St. Kitts and St. Martin, and it's going to be a fantastic price. Yeah, cool. that's going to be a lot of fun. <clears throat> so we're going we're gonna to figure out who's going to be on that uh, ship with us. And that, like, Kimmy saw the first ever presentation of me um, talking yeah. about Joshua. Yeah. On this cruise, by that time, we should be doing bringing Joshua forth and doing live Joshua, where Joshua's speaking. Oh, cool. And in fact, on that cruise was the first time ever that Joshua came through me. 
So we're, we're moving pretty quickly here too. And since then, we've been doing a lot of Skypes with Joshua and it's, it's coming along pretty well. Very exciting. That is. All right. So let's get into our show today. We'll start with our quote as we usually do. Deborah Joe, do you have the quote that you made? I do. Okay. If you loved yourself, if you felt confident and worthy, if you were secure, if you approached life from a stance that everything is right as it is, if you were non-resistant, you would be free from all stress and you would maintain a weight which is ideal for your body. Joshua. So that quote came from a new book that Joshua was writing called The Joshua Diet. The latest book. <laughs> and That's this book novel. is so incredible. Um, and I don't want to go into it too much, but I'm just, I'm just you know, going along as everyone else is um, who's getting the updates. But two or three pages are written every day, just like the first four books were written. And... Uh, but the insight into what really helps, what really causes weight gain or any imbalance is uh, basically your approach to life. And it's just amazing. And you can see how this all fits together. And that it isn't really about food or exercise. It's about your state of mind and your perception of your own reality. And this is why diets have never worked, because they always go and try and solve the symptom of weight gain, which is food, but they never, they never uh, go deep enough to discover what the cause of the weight gain is. And, you know, you don't see a lot of fat animals around, and there's a reason for it. And so we're going to find out what that reason is, but it's really incredible. I think this is going to be such a big book. And I've already begun to read the excerpts, and they're fabulous. Yeah, and this quote right here is one that, jo that Deborah Joe picked out, but I think it's really an ideal one. And it says, really, the whole book, I bet you, is in this quote, is that if you can get into that approach to life where you're non-resistant, you're in a, the state of allowing, everything's flowing to you, you're not finding fault with anything, you would be free of stress because the stress comes really from the conflict that you have when things seem to be going other than you want them to go, right? You're making right. it all up anyway. And that's what causes the stress. And without that stress, you wouldn't have weight gain. Your body would just have this natural weight, whatever the weight your body is supposed to be, that would be the weight. Wow. I, I love that first part of this quote. And this, it's, this is what I say to myself constantly when any kind of um, problem comes up. I have to say, I say, if you loved yourself, this would not be happening to you. This is so true. If you loved yourself, I mean, that, that is so important and so powerful. You have to love yourself. Well, I think the, the thing there is if you loved yourself, you wouldn't perceive this as happening to you. Exactly. You perceive it, it as happening for you. For you, exactly. Right. So it switches, your, it switches your perception. Do you have any examples of something that uh, got you upset this week? Um, I'm doing this with my food intake all the uh -huh. time. Yeah. Um, I've recently lost 15 pounds and I've done it completely without any kind of dieting. It's simply, I step back and, and feel love for myself in any situation. I am choosing, making a better choice because I'm giving myself love. Right. So that, that's a really good point too, because, um, as we're, as we're like, we're on chapter six in the book now, chapter six. And if you or in this positive emotional state of being, like love for yourself, you're going to get inspiration that, that aligns with what you want. And what you want is to be have a lean, healthy body. And so you'll have inspiration to eat certain foods that work with that or eat the proper amounts that work with that and then be satisfied. If that's you that's the a, key, the satisfaction. Right. right. You're satisfied. <laughs> and if you're... I'm, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I've been extremely satisfied with what I'm eating. I eat very, you saw at dinner the other night, I eat very small portions. I appreciate the presentation of it, the color, the smell, and I have slowed down. I yeah. do not eat fast. I take a lot of time and I love my food and I love myself eating it. It's a pretty, it's a whole different thing for me. 
And so what I'm saying is that you are now um, inspired to eat this way. This idea came to you because you were in this place of wanting to love yourself and loving yourself and in a good place, which you have been in a very good place. Yeah. And so, but imagine being in a depressed. So the ideas to come to you depressed are, let's get some Cheetos. Let's eat a bowl of ice cream, that sort of thing. So those uh, ideas come to you from that state of being, but they are not aligned with what you want. And this is all in the book now. It's really incredible. No, Gary, that doesn't happen. You don't say that you want to eat Cheetos because you're in a bad mood. Or drink some wine or smoke a cigarette or... Uh, or have a couple uh, of martinis. Or two yeah, see, now, but sometimes uh, I'm in a good mood and I have martinis, and that makes a good mood even better. And that's <laughs> right. fine. You know, that's yeah. fine, too. You know, because that's totally alignment. You know, when we were... It was interesting. Deborah Joe and Frank and Lily and I went on a Abraham Land Cruise in Cancun. And it was an all-inclusive resort. The entire resort was booked up back-to-back, two weeks each, of just Abraham people. And the energy and mood was unbelievable in that place. Didn't you feel it, Deborah Joe? It was amazing because everybody was like-minded. And the positivity that just swirled around and the tornadoes of love was fabulous. So everyone you met, you had something to talk about with. If you were sitting next to people, you were just instantly going to conversations. And we were all in these you know, half-day seminars every day. And, uh, but it was all you could eat and all you can drink. There was no limit to everything. And we were eating so much. <laughs> I swear to God, we didn't gain an ounce that None. whole week. None. <laughs> but we were never stopping eating or drinking the whole time. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's interesting. Because that's because we were think- in such a positive state of being. Right. You know? You know, it's interesting, though, when I go to an all-you-can-eat you know, all sort of event, at least in, you know, at certain points in my life, I've gone crazy going and eating everything in sight on the theory, well, I've already paid for it, or, or when am I going to have another opportunity uh-huh. to, to eat this well? You yeah. know, but that's a scarcity mentality. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And it's very different from the, okay, I'm going to eat just because I'm enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> if you felt confident and worthy, if you were secure, that would not happen to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, I'm working right. on it. I know. It's a work in progress, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. No kidding. So um, we have a question this week. So this has come up a bunch of times by people I've been talking to this week, and myself included, is that we have these annoying people in our lives not, sometimes they're more than annoying. Sometimes they're like our enemy. And um, how do we deal with those people? And, you know, so there's, Josh will say that it's, you're, that they're coming forth to help you get through something of your own. And it's usually some fear, to get over some fear. Like if you read Conversations with Steve, he had this issue with his neighbor. And... Until he released his anger towards this guy, the issue kept going on. And as soon as he released his anger towards him and started to seeing it from his perspective and doing this, the whole situation resolved with Steve. Not with Steve's wife, though, but just with Steve. It's very interesting. So Steve's wife still has a huge issue with their neighbor. And Steve's been able to get over it. Well, Kate, who's doing the one-on-one, has this... uh, colleague at work, and we'll talk about that, that that's driving her crazy. And, and, you, and as you read this question, and there's a few more that went after this, but you can see how this softens up. So, Kimmy, do you want to read for Kate? Sure. You have the question in front of you there? I do. Okie dokie, let's go. Okay, so it's question number 86 from April 25th, 2016. So this is just a couple days ago. Yeah, so, and it's really interesting because I think that all of us probably have experienced this in our lives, whether it's personally or in the workplace. So it really, like, hits home for everybody, I think. Right. Okay. Dear Joshua, I worked on a manifestation event this week. It was not easy, but I'm feeling better now. My young colleague, who we had hired to help me, is becoming more and more independent to the point where he really doesn't help me at all unless necessary. I had hoped we would work together, but it's not the case. This week, he reminded me that he had agreed to share some basic time-consuming work on a client. I got super resentful 
And I told him I didn't want to do it, but I would, be, I would because we had made an agreement. He had, asked, he had already stepped on my toes a couple of times by calling people who I call without asking me. So I immediately went to work on the negative emotion because it was powerful. I started writing in a notebook to try and find the positives in the whole situation with him. So this is an excellent way to do it. If you, um, if you can realize that you're feeling negative emotion, the best thing to do it is write down what you think your fears are. And then, so, so this is what uh, Kate's doing now. Go ahead. I started with the manifestation event and the underlying false beliefs, and this is what I dug up. Of course I feel threatened by him, and I don't feel I can trust him, and he doesn't really want to work with me, even though we hired him for that. <clears throat> he will bypass me in terms of sales, and I won't have time to do serious work with clients since I'll be busy looking after this one part of the work that is time-consuming. He is super ambitious and therefore not really to be trusted, and my bosses would pick him over me if necessary because they hired him, and he is male and young and ambitious. Finally, I have to sit next to him all day, and when I'm resentful, it really grates on me. So those were the negative beliefs which had been there by triggered by the event. I tried to find a higher perspective. Maybe this is a test for me to work on my beliefs, so that is a good thing. The event is neutral, but I can choose to see it as good. I have an army of energy working for me. Maybe I'm coming back to this grunt work because Monsieur thinks he's wasting his time and can do better. Gives me the time to breathe even if I could be using my time more constructively. I'm not a victim. This is happening for me, not for me. And I love that. Um, maybe this is a step in me moving to a different situation with work, like out of this company. Maybe this is to teach me to speak up. Nah, that doesn't feel so good. Source knows what is going on and can work with this for my benefit. In fact, I don't know where this will go, but it will all be good. I tried sending him love hard. I tried sending myself love much, myself love much easier. Okay. So um, yeah, so she's trying to trying to um, um, put the negative beliefs in a more positive perspective, and you can see that. She's trying, but it's not really working, right? Um, some, of the, some of the things you can see that she's trying to say, um, this event is neutral, but I can choose to see it as good. So that sounds more like she's trying to see it, but she can't really see it yet. So it's, it's interesting where she's going. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. Okay. Occasionally, I'd feel a bit of relief, but then I would get back into the resentment. But I kept it at... I kept it because I know it's my choice. She, she kept at it, kept at trying to feel relief okay. because she knows it's her choice. So tonight I'm feeling better and we are back to talking a bit. I know I'm doing the work and I'm relieved that 24 hours later I'm feeling better, not so resentful, even if I continue to see him as an entitled twat. <laughs> I, I thought she probably meant twit. No, she meant twat. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, she's English. Uh -huh. Oh, because uh, Twitter, yeah. Twitter is the normal term for, for somewhat a young, you know, young asshole whippersnapper. Twat, Not if you're twat. English. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I looked up that word too. And yeah, like, twat in the United States is a vulgar is a vulgar term for a woman's vagina. Yeah, and this is no. sort of like that too, but in England it's used more often. Got it. <laughs> That's fun. That's really funny. I get where he is coming from. Pat on the back for that. With much appreciation to you all and Prince, Kate. So she says in Prince because Prince had just died. Okay. <laughs> Love that. So, um, okay, so she's doing the work. This is the work. The work is you get this um, negative emotion and your job is to change your perspective or change your limiting beliefs or reduce the intensity of your beliefs on the spot until you feel relief. If you linger with it, if you keep holding on to that negative emotion, it's just going to get stronger and it's going to drive you in the direction of things you don't want. Okay? You're going to sink into a lower emotional state of being. You're going to get ideas that don't help in a situation. You're not going, you know, the, this situation is coming to you for a reason. It's a manifestation event. There's 
showing you what your limiting beliefs are in this moment. Now, it's hard to see them, but that's the work, and you got to go through it. All right. So, Michael, will you read for Joshua? And let's see what Joshua says. You got it. Dear Kate, Prince says hi. Back to your manifestation event. Good job identifying the limiting beliefs and choosing a higher perspective. This is work, and as you get used to the work and remind yourself that it's your work, it's that it's your choice, it will get easier and habitual. Finding any relief is a sign that your work is making progress. It might, oh, I'm sorry, Gary? No, that's fine, keep going. Okay. It might be easier in this situation to look at it from the perspective of your young colleague. He is ambitious. That's how he got hired. He came in wanting to move up rapidly and took any job he could get. If he had to start as an assistant, so be it. What he really wants is to be top in sales and make a lot of money. He wants to be successful. So if you can take a look at the other person's perspective and realize that not only are they coming up against you in this manifestation event, but you're coming up against them. Okay, so it's a manifestation event from both of you, and you both have something to get out of it. But you are both resisting it, and you are instinctively trying to want the other person to change. You want him to be different than he is, and he wants you to be different than you are. He has his goals, and you have your goals, and whoever gets to, you know, and because uh, Kate is the one in authority, the one who hired him, the one that's been around for longer, older, um, she believes that this guy should conform to what she wants. And if he would do that, she'd feel better. But that's not the work. The work is people are going to be whoever they're going to be, and you have to feel good when you deal with them. You have to figure out a way uh, to resolve your limiting beliefs or your fears so that you can deal with them um, and not, not have them change. They can be who they are. You can still feel be still feel good. And if you can do that, then you have all the power. You have all the control over the whole situation. So keep going. You'll see how it works out here. He's trying to manage his ambition and also be of some assistance, but he finds that very difficult. He is not used to doing things he doesn't want to do. You could learn from that. He wants to feel good. He wants to feel successful. He will do what it takes to get where he wants to go. He rather say sorry then ask for permission because he does not want to waste time. He understands how the game is played and realizes that if he can get some sales, that's where he will prove his value to the bosses. He's doing everything he intended to do, and he will encounter some manifestation events of his own as he goes along. But that is all part of the journey for him. He okay. sees... Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, keep going. Okay. He sees himself as your equal. You see him as your junior. Mm -hmm. Do you see the conflict here? You are holding on to your inaccurate view of him. Just because he was hired to do one thing doesn't mean that's what he's going to do. You are to thank for letting him into the company. You created him. He came to help you, but not in the way you think. Yeah, she's to thank for him getting that job. Because she's the one who requested an assistant. And she opened the porthole where he could come in. Um, and he's there for her, but not in the way that she thinks. Right. Okay. When you are confronted by a threat, by a threat to your well-being, which is based in an irrational fear, you must solve your dilemma. He is here for you. You attracted this version of him just as we are beginning this conversation. Isn't that excellent? Now that he is here, what are you going to learn? Right, so I think that he was hired like right when Kate started doing the one-on-one -on -one program. Mm -hmm. Okay. We want to see you take a radically new approach to your young colleague. We want to see you embrace his ambition. We want to see you cheer for his success. We want to see you mentor him. We want you to be the person who looks back when he's old and gray and realizes he owes his, his whole career to you. If you can do that, then you can control the world. You are safe, you are powerful, and you are good. Joshua. 
<laughs> so, so the only thing here is her uh, fe- uh, this this uh, perception that she's being threatened. Right. And it's fearful. Yeah, it's a fear. Right. It's irrational because she's sure. not going to. He's not a lion threatening her. She's just a, just a guy at work, right? And so he, she's trying to control the situation by... Um, so imagine Kate is in this office full of, I think they're stockbrokers, and she's, um, she has clients and she's doing sales, and they put all the sales on a board, and you know she doesn't want to be the bottom one. And imagine if this assistant turns out to do more sales than her, right? How does that look? That feels threatening. Maybe they'll... They'll get rid of her and keep him, you know. And uh, so she's trying to coerce the situation to stop him from doing sales so that, um, you know, that he won't look better, uh, make her look worse, won't get ahead, that sort of thing. But that's not going to work, right? Uh, Joshua was saying, what you have to do here is you have to embrace the things you don't like about, about them. And when you can be confident in supporting someone who you previously thought was a threat, then this whole dynamic changes. Not just the relationship changes, but your confidence level will change as well. When you realize that it has nothing to do with anything. Um, uh, it has nothing to do with a person. It has to do with your outlook or your perception of what's really going on here. Um, and I think for us to, to you know, read her question, read this answer, it's super easy to see it, but from her perspective, it's such a challenge. I think we all have those challenges. Oh, we Especially all when you think the person's do. doing something wrong, you know? Right. And you're like, can't, can you believe this? You talk to your friends, can you believe what he did? You know? Right. Although from his perspective, it may not have actually been anything you know, nefarious here. For, no, exam- just... yeah, for example, he's, he's calling up her, you know, he's making calls on her behalf. And or, or maybe on his behalf, but, but he's but, using her client list or something. I don't well, know. But, but maybe from his perspective, he's simply trying to be helpful. Well, yeah, well, I think it sounds like yeah, uh, he, he's pretty her, ambitious. He's just trying right. to get Well, get but, it, but from her perspective, yeah. you know, she's looking at it as a threat. Right. He, might, you know, he might really be doing it simply, you know, I, I've been in that situation before where do I make, you know, where I have to make a quick decision. Do I call the clients who's, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, where I've got a superior yeah. or, or do I have to run and wait online and ask for permission to do so? Right. And it depends upon my relationship with that particular superior. Some of them, you know, some of them I've just made the call and said, and, and I've made the call, yeah. so, to, so to speak. And at other, you know, and other times I've been more cautious. Yeah. And depending on how you feel as a superior, you might be like, uh, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I have no, nothing to worry about. Nothing right. you can say. And right. other and it, times you might say, oh, my God, he's trying to, you know. He's trying to steal my clients. Or he's steal trying, my client he's or trying to steal my clients. Yeah, right. so one's uh, from a position of confidence and one's from a position of insecurity. Right. And, and you can see how the confidence one is going to lead you where you want to go. And the insecurity one is just trying to hold on to what you have. But, you know, that's... That's like fighting against it. It's not going to really work that way. Um, we have a situation right now. I think I may have talked about this before, but Lily's mom died, and um, Marisa took care of her during the last days of her life, uh, last months of her life, did, went above and beyond the call of duty, and was there with her every day, and was there, you know, in hospice and all this stuff. And Lily, of course, is very busy and um, wasn't there as much as Marisa at all. Marisa really took over was great um and then as part of that she was on the checking account and she wrote all the bills and took care of the finances and um you know she's a signer on the account well now that that she's died there's money in there they're going through the estate but she won't make any decisions um we haven't this house is still not even on the market at first we're going to rent it and now that we knew that wasn't going to work out so now we're going to sell it. Well, it's three months later. They still haven't even cleaned the place, right? Uh, we're saying it needs paint and carpet or paint and flooring. And I happen to have some extra flooring that I was going to give to the thing. When we listed it, you know, my commission is free. We just pay the other realtor. And still nothing. She's st- stonewalling the whole thing, and we can't figure it out. And so for me, it's really frustrating because we want to get this resolved and get on with it. And... 
but there's really nothing you can do. You just have to see it from her perspective, which is she's busy at work. She's t emotionally tied to all the things in the house. She doesn't want to let the property go. She was really devastated by her mother's death and all that. And I think just the fact of me talking this way now and seeing her perspective, it makes me feel a lot better about it. I can tell you the other difference in that, and we're so, so lucky and have such an advantage because we have read what happens after death because Joshua has told us. Well, that's and because we true. have such a different idea of the death experience, and she doesn't believe that. And right. because of that, we, the knowledge that we've gained from Joshua's um, telling us about the, you know, the non-physical we have a peaceful thought about that and no fear regarding that at all. She doesn't have that perspective. Yeah, and we really have it. I mean, Lily and I, when Norma made her transition, we thought that is a celebration. Absolutely. We were really in that thing. Now, Norma was nearly 90 years old and lived a very full life. Uh, okay, we had a technical malfunction there. Right when we were talking about Norma, all of a sudden everything blew up and we heard nothing but static and hissing so we've fixed the problem and we're back but does and anyone know hi to norma and giving hi norma hi norma hi norma <laughs> so uh anyway the point was if you can see it from the other person's perspective and allow them to be who they are without asking them to change anything um now so <clears throat> another person kyla just wrote a question today and she was talking about you know, okay, I understand I'm supposed to set, uh, supposed to allow people to be who they are. And if I feel negative emotion, it's because I'm feeling threatened and that threat's an illusion. And she gets all that. And she goes, so I keep giving this person more and more love, allowing them to be who they are. And they keep taking advantage and taking and taking and taking. Aren't I supposed to set any boundaries? So what do, you, what do we say about that? You have to make yourself feel good. So if making boundaries makes yourself feel good, then you have to do that. I think that's an excellent, excellent answer. Because the whole point of all of this is to make yourself feel good. You have to find a way. Okay, now what if, you, if it makes yourself feel... Okay, so you set a boundary, and what does the boundary say? Like, uh, you can't talk to me anymore? Because if you talk to me, I get upset? I don't know. It depends on what, you, what you're needing to do for yourself, how much you have to love yourself, how bad the situation is. You have to garner that information on your own, and you can ask Joshua. Just yeah. ask Joshua. So she's asked Joshua, and I haven't answered it yet, or Joshua hasn't you know, oh. done, done our thing yet. So that'll be probably tomorrow morning. Maybe we'll put it on next, next week's show. But because... I think that Kate did a beautiful job, and I wanted to thank her for um, – coming up with the negative beliefs that she did and then her work trying to get it into the more positive because what she was doing is really good. And I think that's a really good system for anybody to use, you know, going forward, trying to get yourself into a better place. About yeah, that's, that's the work is, is yeah. listing it down and trying to figure it out. And that's I all love, you can do. Mm -hmm. I have an army of energy working for me. And when I read that, it felt so good to me. I wrote it down and put it on my computer and I love it. So Kate, thank you so much for that. You know, I think we, we think we need to depend on people to take care of us when actually it's this army of energy that takes care of us. It has nothing to do with the people. So right. Good. Right. That power is much more substantial if we trust it. Well, and Gary, I'm reading uh, the, ja the Joshua book about uh, manifesting. And I love the part that Kate puts in there is this is not, you know, she's not a victim. This is not happening to me. This is happening for me. And I beautiful. it's huge. When you start to, like, think about things like, you know, little things happening, like, oh, someone actually got in your way, you know, on the road, but it actually, like, had you avoid an accident. So sure. it happened for you, you know? So as opposed to to you, it changes your whole mindset about it. Yeah, your whole perception, your whole um, perspective. Yeah. yeah. The easiest way that I started this was, you know, I used to get really frustrated coming to red lights. And now I think, oh, this red light is making it so that my timing is going to be perfect. Thank God for this red light. Right, right. You know? mm -hmm. 
-huh. I love to look at clouds. And so when I stop at red lights, I find all the shapes in the clouds and see the colors. And I'm just, and people always are blowing the horn at me to go. because <laughs> I don't, I've gotten, so I just love the stop signs, the stop lights, everything, just slowing down and seeing this gorgeous world where it is so much fun. And it's a lot of this is because of reading Joshua. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, it makes things, uh, elevates everything. Right. Sure. You know, I had that, um, I was running late for something this week. I forgot what it was, whether it was a, an appointment or, or uh, may have even been running to court, which is always bad to be running late for court. Uh -huh. But uh, I remember I was, you know, I calmed myself thinking, okay, there's a reason for this. Don't worry right. about this. This is fine. Everything is good. Everything's the way it's supposed to be. And how did it turn out? Oh, absolutely fine. You and, arrived and, on time? And, and in fact, I think I was, you know what? The judge was on the bench, but my matter was number 25, so it didn't matter. Right. Yeah. So yeah you, he, he was on matter number three. Yeah, so you ended up wasting less time than you normally would had you gotten there any earlier. That's right. So right. there's so there was even virtue in being, being a little late. Yeah, and so you could trust <laughs> that it was happening for you. Yeah. That's right. Right. That's, That's awesome. right. And then at the end of the day, uh, the judge wound up bouncing our uh, case down to the very end of the calendar anyway. And mm -hmm. the reason why he did that was because he had to recuse himself. There was a reason with the other attorney. He had there was he had something with a with a contribution that guy had made that was beyond a certain point. Uh -huh. And under uh, state law, he had to recuse himself from the entire matter. So nothing got done anyway. <laughs> I think a lot in a lot of the Joshua book, in all of the Joshua books, Joshua keeps mentioning irrational fear. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so evident in my life now that almost everything that I was worried about was totally an irrational fear. Yeah. So just that switch in perception really has calmed the whole, everything's, you know, pretty nice for me now. I mean, super nice, blissfully yeah. nice. Um, okay, Deborah Joe, was there anyone in your life who was annoying to you? Not really too much. You know, it's pretty funny. Um, what about uh, Frank's partner? No, not too bad. You know, he, <laughs> he went to the bar every day. We didn't hardly see him, and then he died, you know. But so. it, it, it was annoying that he was getting half the money, though. Yeah, for a minute, for just a minute. <laughs> That's and then, You know, I, then I thought about it, and it, that, again, is an irrational fear. We have plenty of money. Right. What, there's plenty of money for everybody. Why am I saying he shouldn't get half of whatever? It's all right. right. It's perfectly yeah. fine. <laughs> cool. Um, Kimmy, is there any um, annoying person in your life? Uh, not right now. I, no, I wouldn't say that there is. Oh, how'd you get rid of him? Was there one before? Um, and, was, and was arsenic involved? I, I actually, I, I, a situation just happened that I could not be in contact with them. Let's put it that way. Why? Did he go to another planet? <laughs> no, no. It, it's not male. It's actually female. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave it a little vague. That's probably the best way. It was what? I'll leave it a little vague. That's vague. the best way. Uh -huh. Don't you think you Do you have an irrational fear that she's going to hear this radio show? Uh, well, it's possible, but <laughs> probably not, but yeah. <laughs> if she was listening to this radio show, she'd understand. Oh, if she was no. at that level, you know, where you have that, oh, sure. where you can be listening to this show. If you're listening to this show, you're at a pretty high level out there. So all of you who are listening to the show. Congratulations. Congratulations, because it, this is stuff that they don't talk about on Howard Stern. That's true. <laughs> That's for sure. Gary, yeah. I wanted to ask you in her in Kate's situation, she is feeling she doesn't even want to sit beside this guy. Well, she you can't if you have like, negative emotion and you can't resolve it. You and know, then to switch from not even wanting to sit by him to being his mentor, is she going to do the same thing every I mean, what steps should she be taking to get from hating to sit beside him? To being his mentor—that's a big, that's a big stretch. It is a big stretch, but it really, what Joshua, all Joshua does in all these questions is that they try and offer you a new perspective. 
So if your perspective was now, I'm no longer threatened by him, but instead my desire is to empower him, to make him successful, to make, to be his mentor, to, to cheer him on, to hooray for any thing that he gets accomplished, to surpass me, right? Then you own the world. If, if you can do that, then instantly you, you, evaporate any animosity you had towards this person because now you want them to do, be good, right? So that's the switch that she has to make. She has to go from this insecure resentment to this total confident cheerleader position. She has to go from a low vibration to a high vibration. And just the idea of, of him being old and looking back on his life and thanking Kate for everything that he got in his career that perspective feels so much better, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, hoping he gets hit by a bus. Right. <laughs> right. Well, the or great, well, somewhere else. It's not going to help anybody. Well, the great leaders of the world, either in business or in, or in politics or anything else, are usually great mentors. And what the way you really can judge their success is to see you know, who followed them, who were the ones who eventually led. For example... You know, uh, Jack Welsh was the chairman of uh, was the chairman for many years of General Electric, and one of the great marks of his success. And people can, most people view him as having been a very a really fine uh, chief executive officer. Although some part of it may have just been some luck with uh, him having uh, had GE Capital when when the markets were doing very well. But be that as it may, right. many of the people and you know one person wound up succeeding him. Jeff Immelt, but afterwards there were a whole crew of people who were, you know, who he brought up through the ranks and who he had mentored, and those people all wound up leading Fortune 500 companies. And he was never insecure about them taking his job or them rising above him. That's right. As far right. as we, as far as we know. Yeah. He well, you could probably just tell by who he was. A guy who's going to be the CEO of GE is not going to be insecure. He's going to be confident. And he doesn't have a problem with helping people move up the ranks because he's so confident that he says to himself, "There's, I have nothing to fear. I am capable. I am um, passionate about what I do. And I'm going to be a success no matter where I land. And so I never have to worry about anyone else. Because no one can ever take over for me, because I'm the creator of my own reality. Right, and in fact, right. and in fact, a real leader doesn't get rid of strong people. They encourage them, they mentor them, they bring them up through the ranks to make sure, you know, to strengthen them. You know, Vince, they look at sports. Vince Lombardi, you know, who was the great Packers uh, head coach. You know, who they've done plays about him books about him and he was probably the you know he was probably the greatest football coach in NFL history. Another technical issue. This time I think it was caused by Vince Lombardi because that's yes. what we're talking about. <laughs> I definitely think it was Vince. Yeah. yeah, poor Vince. This is the first time we've ever had this issue. Interesting, that's right. isn't it? Yeah. So uh, but so it's something in there. But we're not. We're, we were talking that off air that we're not having a manifestation event because none of us are feeling negative emotion. Everything's fine. We're good. Yeah. Right. It's only when you feel negative emotion then you go back and say, okay, why did I feel negative emotion? What was the perspective right. I took and all that. Right. So it was interesting. We we're talking about uh, Vince Lombardi in football being a great right. leader. Right. And he and he had a lot. And a lot of his assistant coaches wound up becoming great coaches in their own. The most, the one who comes to mind instantly is Tom Landry. Right. Who was a so, Hall of Fame coach with the uh, with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So and and then you think about you know how how Vince Lombardi operated in his approach to life, and then you think about O.J. Simpson, who, Whoa. in order to deal with his negative emotion he just killed the lover you know so that's how he dealt with it so so there's two extremes using football of one working with the laws of the universe and working with everything and one working against it and fighting against it and you can see where it leaves either way that's right that's my uh my analogy that's right and at first i was going to qualify it and saying allegedly because he was found not guilty however he was found civilly liable so you're on you're on good you're on safe grounds legally gary <laughs> i'm pretty sure that uh, most <laughs> i'm sure he guilty. killed her yeah. um, sure. 
just watched the series. I was very glued to it on my DVR, and I'm pretty sure he did it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty I, I, sure. I, I, as was I. Yeah, my wife and I watched it too, and it was remarkable. We, we, I remember living through it. I was a, you know, this was 20 years ago. I was at a law firm, and they announced the verdict, and the time it was going to be announced, and it was on live television. Yeah, you know, at the time you didn't stream online. Yeah. And I remember they called the entire law firm into a conference room and they brought in a little television so we could oh, all wow. watch it. <laughs> wow. 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 I remember the car chase with the Bronco. So, oh, so do I. I. Yeah, it was in, during the NCAA finals. So now he gets acquitted. He's free, but he can't escape it, right? He's right. still drawn to the same because his approach to life is the same as it was before. Mm -hmm. And so he's so Josh was talking about um, that <clears throat> this momentum that causes you to be the locomotive that goes down these tracks and you can slow the momentum by speed, you know, slowing down the train or speed up. But if your approach to life is this way, unless you change that approach to life, you're going to be headed in that direction. You need to and send him a book. Well, he's, he's, yeah, I mean. He, well, he's in jail right now. And, and well, he's, maybe. Up for, he's up for parole, I think, in uh, next year. But we're not saying that, you know, we don't know. Maybe for him, it's more comfortable like yes, that. Yes, it might be perfect for him. You know, if you're a super famous person and people look up to you, but you don't feel good about yourself, that's got to be a lot of stress. Yeah. Totally. A lot of conf conflict there. Yeah. Well, and he's uh, talking about your Joshua book with dieting. He's also gained a lot of weight in, um, you know, in jail. So I think a lot of his thoughts are just weighing on him now, you know? Literally. Literally. Yeah, for sure. Yep. But um, so <clears throat> I think the, the key here that we've learned today is if you're going to talk about someone who's passed away, they're going to interrupt your radio show. They love a prank from the other side. They love a prank that <laughs> yeah. if you're dealing yeah. with someone who's uh, annoying to you, it's not them, it's you. That if the show gets on the air, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Today might be a best of Joshua radio show. Yeah. If you're listening to a best of radio <laughs> show instead of this show... <laughs> It's because something happened on this show, right? At and least, I, at, le at least until our pal Stephen Itza comes back and f and can actually do the magic that he does. We need our technical supervisor. <laughs> our That's right. Yeah. Next yeah. Well, well, you know, I'm aspiring to take his position as head tech guy here. So, <laughs> why aren't I in Italy and you guys doing that? That's Steve is gallivanting in uh, Italy, riding on the Vespas. Yeah, and which looks an like answer. a lot of fun. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> Oh, well, wow. as long as he's not riding his Vespas in Venice. That was uh, a joke. That was a joke. That was a Venice. joke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We get it. Yeah, it wasn't a very good joke, but it was a joke. <laughs> good try. Good, good try. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, You're going to have so to add a laugh trap now. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My son once told me that, I, that I'm like a sitcom character who needs a laugh track in his life. <laughs> I remember watching. Track? I used to love. Yeah, they... They they play this people laughing at the end of every joke. Oh, recording. And one time, I used to love Get Smart. Remember the show Get Smart? Yeah, oh, sure. Well, one time they played the show and something happened and there was no laugh track. And without the laugh track, everything was so stupid. It was amazing <laughs> how the laugh track helped. Yeah. It was we had, it was our it was our psychological cue. Okay, they're laughing. I should be laughing. Yeah. And if actually we need to get a laugh track for the show too, that would help. Yeah. Hear people no, laugh. we're we're naturally funny. You think people are, are at home listening on the radio and going, "Oh, this is hilarious." <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, but you know, you know what? I, I think I, I think they I think they get the overall sense of joy that we bring to this, but at the same time, they're also getting the messages. You know what's really funny? At least I hope. Is in jo in a uh, Abraham seminar. You go in there with such this high elevated vibration that everything is the funniest thing that you've ever heard in your life. It is so funny in Abraham. The questions are funny. The people are funny. Abraham's funny. There's so much fun going on there. And 
I think the, the that whole you know uh, high emotional state just predisposes yourself to laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think laughing definitely increases your vibration. I think your in vibration, in, an increased vibration definitely increases what you think is funny, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, synergistic. Synergistic, exactly. So we should paraphrase Joshua's last sentence in this answer and say, you are safe, you are powerful, you are good, and you are funny. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, there is a if you're funny, you're pretty you have to be confident to be funny. You can't be insecure to be funny. And you can't yeah, it's very hard to make a joke when you're insecure. True. People laugh at you but not with you, right? <laughs> but we don't mind if they laugh at us. No. Right. Although there are some very insecure comedians. But but well, the best but the best not when they're on stage though. When they're on stage, they're pretty they're pretty confident. Yeah. Right. I mean, the best but the best comedians are the ones who can laugh at themselves. Right. Exactly. You know, and that's true in life too. If you know that everything's fine and you're good and the universe is good, you know, and you make and you make a you know some sort of faux pas, you go and you just laugh along with it. You know what? You want to laugh? Bring it on. Yeah, it is hysterical. You know what? It's funny. But you can only do that if you're confident. So confidence is the key to all this. That's what yeah. I've learned today. Yeah, confidence I've actually, you know, I've actually, I'm sorry, go ahead, Kimmy. Uh, confidence is definitely key. Yeah. You, you know, I, you know, I, you know, sometimes, you know, when I'm with clients, I'll loosen them up by telling them some funny story about myself or, you know, or to try to lighten up a situation. Yeah. Like I'll tell them about my delivery boy job, you know, for three, and I'll tell you guys. I was in my hometown, I was a delivery boy, and I had the job for, it was with Chicken Delight, once upon a time. It was my senior year of high school. There were no such things as GPSs back then. I got lost on every single route. I had that job for three days. Wow. <laughs> and you know what? Life went on. That's right. That's right. Yep. <clears throat> Kim, you tried to buy a car today, yesterday? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so this is what happened. Um, you know, I had a lot of things happen in my life the last couple weeks, like with losing Kahlua and with Prince dying and, and anything. And, um, You're going to so, have to say who Kahlua was because you told us off. Uh, right, yeah, and by so, the way, a minute 30. <laughs> yeah, so Kahlua was my chocolate lab that I've had for 12 years. Uh, uh, yeah, I had to put her down and, oh, it was awful. It was the first time I ever had to put a pet down. Anyway, so I went to the dealership. Well, I was at Trader Joe's last week and then saw I was going to get an Audi. And then I saw this Mini Cooper and I was like, hey, that looks fun. Uh huh. So then I went to the dealership the next day and they were going to order a car for me. And then I went last night and I wasn't happy with the numbers. And I went in there today, and I was like, you know what? If you can't finish this in 45 minutes, I'm walking, and I'll take my Audi. And they're yeah. like, whoa. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I have to thank my friend Joel because I was on the phone with him, and he told me what I needed to do. <laughs> so, That's pretty good. And I told him, and then suddenly it became the price that I wanted. And I was yeah, like, Yeah, hey. magic. And I was like, hey, then I don't have to walk back to Summit since my Audi is now already very far away. Uh-huh. Okay, well, then I will, I'll keep it then. Great. <laughs> and that's a fun car. It is a fun car, and it's six-speed now. It's not just five-speed. So it is fun. Yeah. Oh, and, that's uh, great. Yeah, and it's white, and it's got two sunroofs, and I got the radio. Yeah, it's so it's so different than my Audi, so it's kind of funny. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and and when the time is right, you can get Kahlua too. Yes, yes. Well, and, and a dog will enjoy that car. Will love well, that car. By the way, we're almost out of time. Okay. Well, here's the funny thing, Michael. The GM that I sat with today, and she, you know, finally made the deal happen. You know, uh, a bulldog is the Mini Cooper uh, mascot. So I, I also left with this humongous Mini Cooper mascot bulldog that is now, um, you know, safety belted in the backseat of my new Mini. Oh, is that a stuffed <laughs> animal? Yes. 
There you go. And it's well, really adorable. So Okay, it's time guys, to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up, and I just want to say it was such a pleasure to have Deborah, Joe, and Kimmy on the show with us. You guys um, were delightful, and we can't wait to see you again and talk to you soon. Oh, absolutely. Um, thank you for asking us. It was so much fun. And yes. thank you, Gary, for everything that you do. You are a life changer for so many. It is my pleasure. Believe me. Uh, everyone, until next week, we bid you fair adieu. And if you can think of anything you want us to talk about next week, please give us a shout out. Go to theteachingsofjoshua.com and ask your questions, send us your comments. And until next week, we'll see you then. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable with Gary Temple Bodley. We will be back next week with another fun discussion. If you would like to ask Joshua a question or read more of Joshua's teachings, please visit us at theteachingsofjoshua.com. See you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.